0: When Jesus prayed for a blind man, Jesus, the Son of God, prayed for a blind man. Uh, we're, we, we are a demonstration church, just not an information church. Okay, So, so we, we like to let the Lord do supernatural things every time we come together because that is part of our DNA as His church is signs, miracles, and wonders. And so if you don't give Him an opportunity, you never see anything. So we like to give them opportunities right mark Yes, absolutely. yeah um and so when jesus prayed for a blind man jesus the son of god asked the blind man what do you see he was checking to see if there was a connection a divine connection there and the blind man said well i see men but they're like trees it's kind of blurry okay so get this the son of god god in human form Prayed for a man and he got half healed. So what happened? This isn't my sermon, by the way, but it's good. <clears throat> what happened? Jesus said, "Well, I guess it's my father's will that you only be half healed." And then he. <laughs> then why do we do that? Amen. Ah, gotcha! Didn't I? Aha got gotcha you in your unbelief why do we do that it so what did he do you tell me what did jesus do he laid hands on him again i remember i had a gangly gangly right here and i looked it up on the internet how to get rid of it and they said you have to bang it with a book which i did all i got was more pain it went nowhere with the bible bang it with the bible i did it with a hammer I wanted this thing. It hurt so bad. I was like, whatever I do to this couldn't hurt more than it already hurt. So I was going, nothing. I came to church and the prayer teams at Francisco overseas, uh, they prayed for me. And as he was laying hands on it, he lifted his hands off and there was literally a groove right down the middle of the cyst. A physical valley right through the middle of it. I was like, you see that? it was amazing so what did we do we decided that's what the lord wanted for me to have a ganglion cyst that was half healed no i said pray again he prayed again lifted his hands and it was even lower Prayed again until it was completely gone see we had to persist in prayer you got to know what the will of god is and then persist in prayer that's, when I when I uh, got healed years and years ago of something Um, the first battle was believing it was the will of god for me to be healed Once I crossed that line and I realized god wants me healed He's on my side that jesus paid for it. Then I realized I wasn't battling a reluctant god. I was a, I was battling an evil devil and and sickness and disease and Brokenness and frailty on the earth and so our job as the church is to draw heaven on earth, and so we just got to keep contending for the kingdom. Amen, amen. amen. So I said all of that to ask if anybody here had any kind of physical change in their body while you were just being prayed for, because we like to test and see what Jesus is doing, just like He said to the blind man, "What do you see?" So did anybody here have some physical pain in their body that's that's measurable that. Has gone or reduced now? Will you raise your hand? Someone that was prayed for, you had a measure of pain, and now it has decreased or it is gone. If that's you, just raise your hand real quick because we want to see what the Lord is doing in the moment. Anybody? Oh, well, then maybe we need to pray again. (laughs) All right, let's do this again. If you need prayer, and this time I want you to measure the pain before we pray for you between a one to ten where's the pain zero means i have no pain ten means i think i'm going to die and measure that and now raise your hand again and let's let the saints let's let the people of god pray for the people of god in jesus name and let's do this again okay all right here we go come on we're not just an information church we're a demonstration church come on let's give jesus opportunity to do miracles in his own house Amen. All right, let's test this one more time. If you've had pain reduced in your body um, in some measure, raise your hand and tell us what you were prayed for and uh, the response that you received. Yeah. What do you got? Uh huh. Okay. Come up. Come on up here. Here we go. Yeah, no, come on up here. We want to We want. to hear what's going on. Okay, I've I i I've been doing this for a oh, long time, and I still can't work microphones. Okay. okay, what happened?
1: Before I came this morning, I was getting ready, and I was thinking, oh, I can't do this, because I can't I mean, I literally could not breathe. Why? I have asthma. Okay. A severe asthma, and the last week it's been really bad because it's gonna rain it's just bad yeah and I ran out of my medication last night Uh. so this morning I thought well I'll I'll get it together I'll get I'll get it together and I did I came and uh, they've been praying for me I can take a full breath
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes that's what I was looking for that's a great testimony and that's the real deal right there. You know, that's, that's what I'm talking about. you got to contend for the kingdom. You don't pray halfway. We pray until we see and get results. That's a great testimony. So we're in a series right now called We Are the Church. The four things that build a powerful church. Jesus said that he was going to build his church. Jesus said that. And he's doing that right now. And he said he was going to build it in such a way That not only would the gates of hell, that means the authority of evil. The gates means uh, authority. It doesn't mean like physical gates. The gates of hell, like the the elders sit at the gate of the city. That means the entranceway of the city. It means authority. So he said, not only that the gates of hell would not be able to overpower the church, but the way that Jesus builds the church, the church would be overpowering the gates of hell. And I hear an amen, right? So we are not victims, we are not beggars We are sons and daughters of God We are ambassadors of the king uh, Expressing the kingdom of God in the earth Here's what, here's what the apostle Paul said about this uh, Ephesians 3.10 His intent, that's God's intent Was that now Everybody say now, now. Okay, Not 2,000 years ago Not 1,000 years ago Not a year ago Everybody say it Now Now God's intent is that through the church. Jesus has no B plan. He has one plan to exercise the kingdom of God on the earth, and that is the church. The church is the only organization on earth that threatens the devil. No other organization does. Only the church of Jesus Christ. That's why Satan tries to destroy it, and always has and always will try, but he never will. So, God's intent was that now through the church that includes the gathering place church the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms so clearly we're talking about spiritual warfare it doesn't say the church would be make the wisdom of God known to the natural governing authorities It says to the authorities in the spirit realm, the church. Now, how can he do that? What is the manifold wisdom of God? Well, put plainly, it is this. That he could take, that God could take fallen creatures, us. That he could forgive us of our sins. That he could fill us with his spirit. That he could unite us in his spirit. That he could give us his authority. That he could give us a divine mission. And that through us, he could whoop up on the devil and usher in the return of the king. That has got to so humiliate Satan. That you could cast out a devil. That you could cast out one of his demons. That Satan, who, I mean, Jesus said to the one church in the book of Revelation, You, your church is where Satan's throne is wow like jesus said that satan actually has a throne in a specific city on earth where it is his spiritual headquarters the apostle paul in the book of ephesians says we don't wrestle against one another we're wrestling against principalities and powers and spiritual hosts of wickedness and rulers in the heavenly places the apostle paul got caught up to the third heavens and he saw it all He saw the spirit realm, he saw the natural realm, he saw heaven, he saw hell. Jesus explained everything to him. He comes back down to the earth and says, let me explain to you what's going on here. And he wrote this, that God is using the church to dismantle the works of Satan. It has got to be so humiliating, so frustrating for the devil to release spirits of affliction and disease and harassment and whatever it might be, and then you come along You, just you, just as you are. No theological degree. No ministry training, maybe. You just come along in the name of Jesus. And you tell a demon to come out, and it has to obey you. Oh, my gosh. Like, when he killed Jesus, he thought he had taken care of the problem. (laughs) But all he did was create millions and millions of what they called little Christs, Christians. That was not a compliment, by the way, in the first century. They called it, you people, you, you're all acting like Jesus. You're little, you're Jesus freaks is basically what that meant. I mean, Jesus' first disciples were uneducated, untrained men. When they cast out demons, they couldn't believe it. They came running back to Jesus. They say, and even the demons do what we say when we use your name. And Jesus started dancing around, going, woo! That's what it means in the Greek. He literally means, he, and the Bible says, he rejoiced in the Spirit. But in Greek, it literally means he was going, woo!
1: Father, yeah, yeah, Yes! Yeah.
0: That's, that's literally what it means. You only get that once. So, in this series, we are looking at how the church in the first century uh, was built so that we can get back to our DNA and start doing the same thing. So, there's four things the early church, well, let's read this passage. Those who believed, Acts chapter 2, this is the beginning of the church, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. So, they went from 120 to 3,000 like that in one sermon all the believers everybody say all All. not some not half not three quarters say it again all the believers that's part of the power package right there all the believers devoted themselves to these four things the apostles teaching fellowship lord's supper and to prayer So the four things the early church focused on was the Word of God, which we looked at last week. Fellowship, or koinonia, we'll look at today. Communion, which is Jesus' presence, and prayer. Today, we're going to knock out fellowship. The word in the Greek is koinonia. It means unity, participation in a community, communion. Now, this is unlike, it's not like, uh, you know, the Elks Club. This isn't like the Girl Scouts. It isn't like your sports team. It isn't like uh, some kind of a, a girls' club that you're a part of. It isn't the guys getting together and just having fun. That that is not the that is not Christian koinonia. Christian koinonia literally means believers who are cemented to Jesus and to one another. Cemented, or cemented, as they'd say down south, where my wife comes from. Christian koinonia is a unity unlike any other. It is stronger than the strongest family unit on earth. It is more loyal than the deepest, most loyal friendship. Christian koinonia. It is more unbreakable than the most committed marriage. Those in the Christian community that truly have koinonia have a bond that is stronger than the bond that is created by those who have shared the, the blood-soaked trenches of war. This is a supernatural bonding that takes place. So what does it mean for believers to be cemented to Jesus and to one another? Well, here, here's an example. I wanna, this right here, let's say this here is the global body of Christ. Right here. Okay, this is the big blue, this is the, this is the earth. This is the global body of Christ, all right? Now, the global body of Christ here, God, God told Abraham that I am going to make your children as the sand of the sea. That if you could count every if you could count every grain of sand on the sea, you still would not be able to count your descendants. He was talking about you and I. He was talking about the billions of believers that would eventually come to jesus christ himself the seed of abraham but here you have the global body of christ but it's but but it's it's just a theory it's just in theory like it has the potential to make a difference in the earth but the global body of christ i mean what is the global body of christ it's just like i mean where is it but who and where I mean, where's the tangibility, right? In other words, the global body of Christ is supposed to be cemented, koinonia, to two things. First, to Jesus. Now, you can say, well, I believe in Jesus. That doesn't mean you're cemented to him. The Bible even says that demons believe in Jesus, and they tremble, but they aren't cemented to him. Jesus said to his own disciples, unless you abide in me, unless you abide in me, you can do nothing without me. They believed in him. He was saying, we need to be cemented together. Then you can ask whatever you will and you will have it. In the same way, we're supposed to be cemented not only to Jesus, but also to one another. Jesus said, We're to love each other the way that he loves us. So let me ask you this question. You can say, Well, I believe in the I I belong to the global body of Christ. Okay, okay, then. Who is it that you are loving the way that Jesus loves you? Well, I just love the global body of Christ. Okay, what person are you talking about? What's their name? How have you blessed them? How have they blessed you? How have they helped you be restored when you have fallen into sin? Uh, Who's laid hands on you? Who have you laid hands on? Who have you given money to when they were in need? Who's given money to you when you were in need? who has shown you mercy, who have you prophesied over, who gave you a word of knowledge, who did you have a word of knowledge for? I mean, it's got to be an actual human being that you're actually in a relationship or you cannot be cemented together. It's just all theory, and there's no power to it whatsoever. Uh, My son Josiah and I are watching a documentary on Michael Jackson. I'm not Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan. Wait till you're all done, then we'll move on. I can't fix that. Michael Jordan. And in the, in the documentary, it's, you know, I want to be like Mike. I want to be like Mike. I want to be like Mike. And they're like, we love you, we love you. They have their signs out and all this. Crowd, we love you, Mike. We love you, Mike. And I'm sitting there thinking as they're doing this, like, they don't even know Michael. They don't know him. We love you so much. Oh. Right? Or these rock bands, right? When the Beatles like him and all, they got all these... Teeny bopper girls, up Oh my God, I love you. I love you. You don't know these people. You don't know. I Michael Jack- Michael Jackson. What am I stuck on him for? Michael Jordan. In the documentary, he said, "People say I want to be Michael Jordan for one day." He said, "Try being me for a year." And and, and his what he was saying was, "You won't like it." And they followed him around for a year, and it's like he has no privacy ever like his favorite place is a hotel room alone on a couch he's like i it used to be fun being famous he goes i am so over it you have no life psychologists say it takes 4 years to get to know somebody to truly know them you have to walk with them and see them go through high times and low times to find out who they truly are how many of you know that's true like I'm, yeah, I've been married 27 years, and I'm still finding out things about my wife I didn't even know. Like one time, she said, let's go to the beach. We were in Santa Barbara. I said, you hate the beach. She goes, I love the beach. I said, no, you don't. You hate it. She goes, I hate it when the kids are with us. <laughs> I didn't know that, but that's when they were little, right? Right? Like when we're at the beach with my six kids, and all of a sudden, Sam is gone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sam, he was about this tall, and he was just faster than lightning, man. You you could not turn your back for a second. And my, I'm sorry, mom, you're probably online today. My mom was responsible for Sam this time, and she just turned around for a second to look at, you know, Lily and Ava and whoever, and all of a sudden, turn around. Sam was gone. He was like, a. I mean, I'm running down the beach. It was in La Jolla or somewhere. And I had found him about a quarter of a mile. And this, this family had him. They said, we saw, this, we saw this real skinny Asian kid running down the beach in La Jolla all by himself. And we thought, something's not right here. <laughs> they just hung on to him until I showed up. Why did I tell you that? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that Hope didn't enjoy the beach. or uh, I did not know that Hope loves the beach. It was like twenty years into our marriage, so I figured that one out. <laughs> so when you say I'm part of the body of Christ, well, which part? Who, where? Like when people say, I say, oh, oh, do you have, a, do you have a church? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we go to church down to this. I say, oh, what's the pastor's name? Uh, uh, that's when you know, right? Uh, pastor's name. Who are the deacons? Who are the elders? Paul, Paul and, and Barnabas went through Asia and they would go into towns and do miracles, and this hundreds of people come to Christ and they would start a church. Then he said, Now set elders in every church. And then they had deacons in every church, and there were qualifications for deacons and elders. And then you need the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, Paul said, for the building up of the saints. So you can say you're part of the church, but what church? Who's the pastor? Who are the deacons? Who are the elders? Uh, where's the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher? Who you are in relationship. You can't be cemented to nobody. You have to be cemented to somebody. So Paul says this. In 1 Corinthians 12, 7. A spiritual gift is given to each of us. So we can help each other. You can't help somebody on the other side of the world. That you don't even know their name. He's talking about each local church. At different times you will need the gift of teaching. Prophecy. Mercy. Counsel. Discerning of spirits. Word of knowledge. Giving prayers. That's why... It, uh first corinthians 12 11 paul says this it is the one and only spirit who distributes all of these gifts he alone decides which gift each person should have so as i said earlier i'm going to ask uh my two uh, angels these are the angels of god we got one here and we have one here these two angels let's welcome the angels of god up here you guys are gonna grab this table bring it over here okay So as I mentioned last week, I'll mention it again today, the word church is used 114 times in the New Testament. There you go right there, 114 times in the New Testament, 98 times is talking about the local body of believers. So I want you to take the global body of Christ and we're actually going to make it tangible now. And you're going to take some of the global body of Christ down here. These all represent human beings. And each one of them has a spiritual gift. And you're going to pour this one into the Assemblies of God Church, which is down south here in San Diego. Oh, now I can see the church. There's the Assemblies of God Church down in, in uh, Chula Vista. On this one, you're going to. Oh, this. Oh, we'll, yep. Hey, us. GPC. There you go. I'm going to put GPC in there. There we go. Oh, I see Michaela. Oh, I see Mark. Oh, I see Gloria and. and Oh, I see Judy, and I see Stephanie, and Jerry and his guitar. That's awesome. Okay. And uh, oh, and this is all people's church. Okay. That's down and on, on, on Central. And so that's... Oh, I see. I know the pastor of that church. That's, oh, hey. How you doing? That's, that's great. All right. And then uh, here we have uh, a rock church. The rock church. There we go. I know Miles. That's very good. There's Miles, and there's his worship team. That's awesome. Okay. There we have the local... Okay, now. Now... What do each one of these churches have in common? What do they all have in common? One thing. The Assemblies of God church, the crazy charismatic church, the global movement of church planting church, the rock church, with an ex-NFL football player. Okay, all these churches have a different style, a different feel, a different personality, a different emphasis. But what do they all have in common? Say his name. Okay, we're getting back to our DNA, right? We're getting back to what made the early church so powerful. So much has divided the church over the last couple of years because we've taken our eyes off of... Jesus. Okay, look at look what the book of uh, Galatians says. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ, have put on your political party. Have put on the color of your skin. Have put on your sexual identity. Have put on your economic status. Have put on your personal convictions. Is that what it says? Will you read this out loud with me together to start again For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ There's neither Jew nor Greek there's neither slave nor free there's neither male nor female for you are all say it one in Christ Jesus Somebody God has not called us to find our unity in politics and race and our sexual identity economic status acumen positions or personal convictions. He's called us to his son now Who or what? Cements each one of these believers and each one of these local churches to jesus and to one another holy spirit. The holy spirit Two of you you win Holy spirit is the one that cements each local church to Jesus and to one another. You're going to have to take Jesus and stir up the Holy Spirit in each one of those churches. All right. As they're doing that, listen to what the Word of God says about this. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For by one Holy Spirit, we were all baptized into one body, spiritually transformed, united together, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Holy Spirit since the same Holy Spirit fills each life When you were baptized into Christ you were baptized into his body Like theologically you can't separate yourself From Jesus or to, from the body of Christ You you can't say well, I, you know, I belong to Jesus, but but I, I don't belong to the church Well, actually you do I'm going, to, I'm going to give you a statement. It's a true statement. And you it, it, it may have a hard time digesting this because we've all been hurt in church. Well, there's all those hypocrites down in church. I know. Here we are. We're all right here. We're all doing our best. We're all imperfect. But we're still here. Right? Yeah. You see, what I believe over the last couple of years is the body of Christ has been hammered by the enemy hammered by circumstances, hammered by passions for many that proved to be stronger than their passion for Jesus, his body, and the kingdom of God. It's like when I bought my, uh, it's like when you buy somebody uh, a CZ, cubic zirconian, right? A fake diamond, right? It looks really, wow, that's, a, that's big. That's, oh, your fiance must love you. Oh, yes, he does. I You put it into the fire, and what happens to that thing? it (laughs) It just melts. You got nothing. It wasn't real. But you put a real diamond into heat, and what happens to it? It just purifies it. makes it clearer, stronger, more resilient. I believe that is what's happening to the church right now. I believe the last couple of years have refined and defined the true church. True believers. As one pastor said, we have fewer disciples than we thought we had. Yeah, but the ones we got are strong. I'm talking about you, so you can say amen really loud right now. Here's the statement. When you gave your life to Christ, you also gave your life to the body of Christ. John said it this way. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. How can you give up your life for someone you don't even know? It doesn't even make sense. You guys can have a seat. Thank the angels of God. I mean, who is it that you have to forgive? Somebody who has offended you. Who is it that you can go help move? because they're going from one place we got to know who they are and where they live and when they need help what single mom needs help repairing something in her house or some a guy to hang out with her her son or like who is that this is how the church becomes strong second corinthians 8 5 says this the, they first gave themselves to the lord isn't this a great scripture they first gave themselves to the lord and then to us by the will of God. The Apostle Paul said, this church is working. Why? Because they first gave themselves to the Lord, and then to us by the will of God. John says, you can say I love God, you hate your brother, you're a liar, and the truth isn't even in you. you got to work through your issues. Then, when we talk about the Church of San Diego, what is the Church of San Diego? The Church of San Diego would be let's see here. but we'll the Gathering Place Church. Come on, you guys, come on, cement together. Our church is struggling, you guys. Oh no, who's this? Oh, no, that's, this, Oh, that's all people's. That's why. OK, here. <laughs> here we have the Gathering Place Church. Yes. And here we have All People's Church. All right. And over here, we have the Rock Church. Come on, Miles, get your people together. And here, we have the Assemblies of God Church. Now, that is the Church of San Diego. That's the Church of San Diego. And that is why we need the churches to be unified. When Jesus caught John up in the Spirit... John the Apostle, he said, I'm going to write a letter to each one of the churches, the seven churches. There's only seven churches? And I want you to give these letters to the churches. And he said, to the church at Ephesus write. And he writes a letter to the church at Ephesus. Do you think that was just one church, like meeting in one building that was called the church of Ephesus? What was it? It was a church meeting in a house, it was a church meeting in a field, it was a church meeting in the temple, it was a church meeting in a building, it was churches, small churches gathers all throughout Ephesus and that Jesus called the church at Ephesus. They're more fun than we are. That's awesome. I love it. Kids, don't, don't, don't have your kids grow up in a boring church, right? Look, I love that. Jesus may have appeared to them back there, man, It's awesome. The church at Thyatira. The church at Smyrna. The church at Pergamos. So Jesus is calling his church by city. Every city has a church. The church of San Diego, which we are a part of. Which is why I am so active in meeting with other pastors throughout the city and the unity movement. Because I believe this. I believe that unity ushers in a move of God. I believe that. The first church. All in one accord in the upper room praying together and then whoosh That's how the church started jesus said That satan tries to divide houses for a house divided cannot stand that's what jesus said Jesus said on the other hand where two or more gathered together in my name in harmony is that word You can ask whatever you want it'll be done God moves through unity. Satan moves through division. That's why the enemy tries to destroy churches. Relationships are the strength of the church. This is where you come in. This is where it gets real real for you and I. This is where it becomes very tangible. Every relationship you have right now is either strengthening or weakening the church depending on how you are navigating that relationship. This church, or any church that you're a part of, I mean, think about it. Think about your own marriage. Your marriage is as strong as your relationship. Right? Your home is as strong as the relationships in that home. Your work environment is only as strong as the relationships between you and your boss and your co-workers. It creates a negative atmosphere or a positive atmosphere. you got to work issues out. Your friend groups are only as strong as the relationships within those friend groups. That is why Ephesians 4 says this, From Him, who is Jesus, the whole body, the church, and all of its various parts, in relation, which are relationships, joined and knitted firmly together by what every joint supplies. When each part, each relationship is working properly, it causes the body to grow and mature, building itself up in love. Every relationship in your life is a joint. There's you, and here's a person. You come together, that relationship, there's a joint right there, right? What do you do? How many of you ever had like a shoulder out of joint before or an elbow or something? Raise your hand. Yeah. How's that feel? All right. Like, hey, I'm ready to play, you guys. I can do this. I'm the volleyball team, and your shoulder's out of joint, right? That's not going to work. Or you're a carpenter, right? And your elbow's out of joint. What do you have to do? What do you have to do? Huh? Pop it back in. Physical therapy. Maybe surgery. Why? Why? You need it. For the body to work in its fullness, full power, every joint has to be working properly. For a local church to be operating at full power, every relationship has to be working properly. Can I hear an amen? amen. That's why Satan beats on relationships. So the Apostle Paul knew this. Make every effort. Every effort to keep yourselves united in spirit, in the spirit. Binding yourselves together with peace. Like, how many of you ever had a, a finger out of joint? Or you, you broke it, right? Yeah? What, what do you do? To the, what do you do to that finger? You bind it. You bind it to the finger next to it until it's healed. Let's read that again. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Every church needs its relationships to be strong. Now, Paul wouldn't have had to write that. He didn't write that to the first church, where it first began. Because, I mean, the first church, everybody was just elated. I mean, they were in the honeymoon phase, Right? They were just giving their property away and helping each other and the power was there The unity was there. It was all fresh it was all new but after a while You know some people stop hanging going to church. Paul says some aren't gathering together anymore. So personality conflicts Offenses come you get distracted by other passions and other things right just like a marriage I right? mean you first walk down the aisle. Oh my gosh. I mean you can't even Think straight. You're so in love and, and rapture and it's just like <laughs> yeah! And then about... <laughs> it all It's all it all it depends, but anywhere from two to five years later, like, it's funny, like, when I'm in church, right, and I see, you know, a, a single girl, you know, worshiping Jesus or a single guy, and then some new people come in, and all of a sudden, I see them. They used to worship with their eyes closed like this, but now they, are like, have one eye open, and they're worshiping like this as they're... They're looking at him or her, and they're worshiping Jesus at the same time. And then you see them sitting together, and they're all giddy and happy, right? Yeah. And then they, then they get married, and they go on a honeymoon. And then they come back, and they're sitting next to each other like this. <laughs> I just watched it. The transition period, Right. Now they're living together. They have to share the house. They have to share the, the washing machine and other oh, dishes. Dish dirty or clean. And you know, who's going to clean up the cat poop? And you know, you got, you know, all the roles you got to work out. And, and then you got the money issues, right? You got a spender and a saver. Oh my God. Right. And, uh, and they got the in-laws. Woo. Yeah. Okay. You're not married to your mama. Right. You're married to me. And he goes on and on. And So, how do you keep your relationship strong? It is simple but not easy. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in every relationship you have. The Holy Spirit will always be leading you one way. Don't say that, the Holy Spirit will say. Do say this. Don't say anything. Prioritize her. Honor him. Forgive him. Right the holy spirit going to be leading you how to, Endeavoring to keep the unity in the spirit being led by the spirit The holy spirit will be leading you this way in every single relationship you have And every conflict you have and your flesh and the devil will be leading you that way And your 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 choice and my choice is who are we going to obey? Recently, I was going to be in a meeting It was a couple hours away and uh, I was having lunch in Escondido, and I was thought to myself, I am in the wrong headspace right now. I'm offended. I'm annoyed. Um, I feel defensive. Like, I keep playing this, the conversation over and over in my head, and if they say this, I'm going to say that, and this is what I remember. I got to remember the details of how this came to... Anybody else live on the planet? <laughs> Anybody else live on the planet Earth, huh? All the rest of you are like aliens from some perfect planet that never has any relational conflict. And so I realized, now catch this, this is why the body of Christ is the body of Christ. I thought to myself, if I go into that meeting and the mental, emotional condition I'm in right now, the spiritual condition, it's gonna be bad. So what did I do? I called one of my friends, Pastor Joe. He's probably my best friend, one of them. I said, hey, Joe. He goes, hey, John, what are you doing? I said, I'm about to destroy my church. I said, I'm about to go into a meeting and I just need to be in a completely different headspace than I am right now. He said, Well, tell me about it. I said, Well, this, and he's okay. Here's what I want you to do. And he gave me three things to do that completely changed my posture like, oh my gosh, that is so good. I'm so glad I called you. That is so right. By the time I got off the phone with him and the wisdom of God, and I was, I was, but I was teachable in that moment. Okay. I haven't always done this. I've, I've blown some stuff up coming in. there all defensive and yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, anybody. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. Right. One of the things he said was keep the meeting short. And I said, how? He said, don't be defensive. I was like, oh my gosh, that is so good. Because if you say this and then I defend myself, then you're going to come back at me with yours, then I'm going to come back. At you. And that just goes on and on and just snowballs into this nastiness, right? It's like just going humble. Who cares who's right? Just going humble, going to serve, going with joy. That's what he told me. I, did the, I, was, I was repeating that to myself, literally. On the way into the meeting, I said, I thought it was, it was serve, going to serve, not to be served. Serve. See what the other person needs. Serve, um, short, means don't be defensive, keep the meeting short, which, and that's how, and be joyful. It's like, oh my gosh. Because before I called him, I was going to be served, I was defensive, and um, I was mad. <laughs> Perfect for a complete disaster. The Holy Spirit, I knew I needed the Holy Spirit's leading and I couldn't get a hold of it because I was in a bad space. So I had to call an actual Christian who I actually know, who's part of the global body of Christ. And I got the Holy Spirit's help. So, what do you do when you're offended in church? Jesus will say, be bigger than the offense. It's the the glory of a person to overlook an offense. Just forgive. What will the devil say? Let's see here. We've got the Assemblies of God church. Oh, they offended you? Satan will say, you know what you need to do? You need to say, I'm out of here. I have have a right to be angry. I have a right not to go back to that church. I have a right to leave that church. Okay, some of God's done. All right. Okay, what about when you hear gossip about somebody else? oh did you hear about their marriage did you hear what she said did you hear what he did did you hear about their kids can you believe the way their kids are behaving i know you know what we need to do we need to bring this to the prayer group oh yeah let's pray about that right jesus will say don't spread rumors and gossip satan will say you need to tell everybody about them because they need prayer oh yeah see it gets messy Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, gossip, slander. Let's spread the news. Oh, that's beautiful. OK, so the rock church is out. All right. Who do we have here? Oh, All people's church. OK, so the pastor, you know, he's not honored at home. But boy, he, he's honored when he goes to church. His secretary thinks he's wonderful. Yeah. What do you what do you think that pastor ought to do? Oh, what would the Holy Spirit say? Run, right? That's the Holy Spirit will say, right? Go home, the Holy Spirit says. But what does Satan say? You're not respected at home. You're not honored at home. Nobody cares about you at home, but at work. Oh, they know the anointing of God on you. You're the man of God. That's where they really know who you truly are. All peoples is out. Who do we have left? Oh, the Gathering Place Church. What do we have here? Oh, this is, oh, you know what? When you were at that volunteer breakfast and they were giving out Fundy Awards, they didn't even mention your name. You're, you're not appreciated down there at that, that church. The, ch- the, the pastor was so insensitive, didn't even remember your name, didn't even say hello to you on Sunday. He walked right by you. That's not the right church for you. And the Holy Spirit would say to you, what? Let it go. Let it go. Let it go what would the Holy Spirit say? The Holy Spirit would say, I got your fundy award in heaven. Just stop. You don't need that, right? Right." And what will Satan say? You know what? They don't appreciate you down there. They don't even know all. You don't, don't serve anymore. Oh, I need to take a break from ministry. I feel led to go to another church. Okay, Gathering Place Church is out. All right. And Satan has done his job. So what is Jesus doing right now? Jesus... It's saying no matter what your political affiliation is, uh, no matter what your personal convictions are about certain doctrines in the Bible, no matter what your skin color is, no matter what your sexual identity is, or where you come from, or how rich you are, or your education, I am in the process of restoring my church. Because Jesus will never give up on his church. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And this is what he's doing right now. I'm going to close with this one scripture. Ephesians chapter 4 says this. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful. Let everything you say, let everything you say. Words are powerful. The Bible says life and death is in the power of your tongue. Let everything you say be good and helpful. That your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Researchers have determined that when a relationship has, has deteriorated down to name calling, it's over. Because it cuts to the core of your personal dignity. Words of dishonor cut as deep as they can cut. Thank God for words of forgiveness and repentance. The Holy Spirit can heal. But words are powerful. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. That's in context. is by the way you're treating one another. Talking to a local church here. Remember, he has identified you as his own guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption Get rid everybody say get rid of, get rid of. You've Got to get rid of all this stuff right here bitterness rage Anger if you get rid of it means for him to say get rid of it means you can harsh words Slander as well of all types of evil behavior instead Be kind to each other Tender-hearted forgiving one another just as god through christ has forgiven you amen Amen. Amen. jesus is rebuilding his church and that's us so who do you need to forgive what relationship do you need to obey the holy spirit in A couple days ago, my wife and I were driving down the road on her birthday. She leveraged her birthday on me. And she said, You know, one of the things that concerns me and makes me, uh, um, what did she say? Makes me anxious is your relationship with so and so. She said, You know, we were talking with a group of people, and that person's name came up, and you did not have one positive thing to say about them. And I'm driving down the road saying, shut up, shut up, shut up. In my mind, I was saying, shut up, shut up. <laughs> don't want to hear this, don't want to hear this. My heart's like getting hard as she's talking. And I'm thinking about the conflict. And she said, you really need to forgive for that person. Forgiveness is unconditional. It's not because they asked for it. That's not a, that's not a prerequisite to forgiveness in the Bible. So I opened up my devotional the next morning. It was on forgiveness. And I thought, you know, I need to forgive this person uh, for many reasons. One, because God commands it. It's not a, it's not a suggestion. It's a commandment I, if I'm going to obey God. Secondly, God has forgiven me already. So, Thirdly, the condition of my heart is not healthy. Fourth, my relationship with this person is not healthy and it never will be until I forgive and so on my prayer walk yesterday morning I completely forgave and you feel like a victor not a victim when that happens you don't even realize how victimized you are until you forgive completely unconditionally whether they ever ask for forgiveness or let them go I take the offense Lord the trespass and I'm giving them and in it into your hands and you're like. Oh, don't realize how bagged up you are until you let some people out of the cage of your heart and just let them go. Ah, Some of you may need to do that. I just want you to close your eyes right where you are and I want you to ask the Holy Spirit what relationship do I need to give attention to? Just close your eyes and let let it come up. The Holy Spirit will bring somebody up a relationship. Now I'll ask the Holy Spirit. What do you want me to do today in that relationship? Maybe there's another one. Let's do it again. Another relationship. I ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what other relationship in my life do I need to give attention to? and I'll ask him, what do you want me to do in that relationship? Now I'm going to ask you to ask the Lord this last question because remember Jesus is building his church He's restoring it right now. Ask the Holy Spirit, say, Lord, what do you want me to do to help my church? What gift have you given me, and how can I be a blessing to those that are in my church? Maybe you're watching online. You You just need to come back. If you can't, you can't, but if you can, you can. Because You're going to be spiritually crippled without the body of Christ. And the body of Christ will be spiritually crippled without you. Because the Bible says that God put each person, gave each person a specific gift for a specific church. And so when you're not here, we don't have that gift. And you don't have the gifts you need coming your way. How many of you feel like the Lord caused the relationship to come up into your mind? Just raise your hand. See so, yep. Okay, see that? And how many of you feel like the Lord gave you a very clear leading on what to do in that relationship? Boom, 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 boom. Yep, we all live on the planet. All right. Okay, now, choose to obey him. And the devil will lose and Jesus will win. Amen. 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 I'm going to ask the prayer teams to come on up. Francisco, if your prayer crew can come up, and uh, if you need prayer over this, maybe there's a relationship, and it's just not that easy to just do what I just led you through, and you need a little help. These prayer teams are going to pray with you, and the Holy Spirit's going to help you, and you're going to get free, and you're going to feel great. Some of you, if you've never given your life to the Lord, come up. They're going to pray with you, and the Lord's going to fill you with His peace. Some of you may need physical healing in your body. Um, some of you, um, this may be a word of knowledge, you've just been tormented mentally. Even through this whole service, your mind has just been tormented. Um, many times, that's, that's spiritual. It's an attack of the enemy, and you might need help. So you come up, and the prayer team is going to pray with you and uh, set you free. Amen? amen? Amen. Amen and amen. 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 All right, let's all stand. Josh, you leave in a little bit of worship, and let's.
1: Great Body of Christ is a little messy. Body of Christ
0: is a little messy.
1: Is your love and justice, great is your love and justice, God of Jacob, you use the weak to need the strong. You lead us in a song, you lead us in a song of your salvation, and all your people sing along. So remember. So remember your people, remember your children, remember your promise, oh God, your grace. Your grace is enough, your grace is enough, your grace is enough for me. Your grace is enough, your grace is enough, your grace is enough for me,
0: Amen. For me. Uh, I'm doing a um, Getting to Know the Gathering Place luncheon. It starts in 15 minutes uh, down the hallway, so if you're part of that, I'll be there in just 15 minutes. Otherwise, have a great day and a great week. In Jesus' name.